Welcome to episode two of the Last Choice Network's House of the Dragon podcast. James, we had a long one. Anybody that's watching this will notice uh, we don't change clothing. You know, it's funny. We did this once where we did, <laughs> we change, did clothing, change clothing. And I can uh, tell that we're just like, F it. Like, no, it doesn't matter. Um, we, no we, we are catching up on, on these podcasts and we are doing uh, both episode one and episode two back to back here tonight to try to catch up. And um, we are going to get into season one, episode two of the House of or the House of Dragon, House of the Dragon, the Rogue Prince. That is the name of this episode. Um, we did mention in the last episode that we didn't have any opening credits. No, it was it was just a narrative and a monologue. Uh, James, we got opening credits. Yeah, we did. And we it got was amazing. And and I don't know. And we kind of wanted to bring this up. Um, we are not lore aficionados of everything that is game of thrones uh we have both watched game of thrones entire series before this and i have read one and a half of the books james i believe you have read none of the books yeah i'm not much of a reader so <laughs> i'm not much of a reader um they're audiobooks you don't have to read it you can just listen um so with this scene this new cutscene, like I'm not going to be able to tell you all the craziness, but it was very cool. Um, it was basically, in, in my opinion, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, I, I believe it is uh, the blood symbolizing the bloodlines of the Targaryen, because there's this blood just th flowing through all of these um, stone structures and they're hitting these kind of like wheel insignias. And I believe it's the symbol of all the past Targaryen Kings. Maybe um, I'm going to be honest with you. I have no idea what you're talking about because I was just in awe of the entire opening thing. Yeah. I mean, when I first, the first time I watched it, I was just like, Oh, this is cool. Look at all the blood going everywhere and the way it's doing it. But I do believe it's the sigils of all of the past Targaryen kings that are, the, it's like activating when it hits them. Um, I could be completely wrong there, so please in the comments, let us know if we're completely off base of what this in, in scene was. Um, I love well, the music. Let know because I'm going to stick to the point that I don't care what it is. I, don't I care. just think it's cool. Well, I, I it, the opening scenes always tell you a story and they change. So I kind of like to guess the story there. And, and with the map, um, that what you know, the Game of Thrones map where it's building all the stuff, you would see new things get built. Correct, yeah. That and was then you'd cool. be like, ooh, we're going somewhere. Like, we're going somewhere new. I don't know what this is. Um, but yeah, just a amazing opening scene. And I love how it ends with just the Targaryen logo and all the blood flows like right into it at the bottom. So, um, yeah, just really brilliant opening scene. Love the music. Um, it was uh, Game of Thrones light. I, I felt like the music was. I was kind of hoping the the intro music would be more Targaryen-ish. You know, but it was definitely like the Game of Thrones music. No, I, like I said last episode, I'm glad they're keeping to the traditional. Uh, this is their theme music. That's fair. Um, so after that... We just get right into it, man. 
we just get right into it. Um, we cut to just this submerged, nailed corpse in the middle of like the ocean flats here with um, crabs all over them. Going back to Coralus in the first episode, who was talking about how the crab feeder was, you know, killing people and things. I think we get our first look at the um, crab feeder's handiwork and how he got his name, the crab feeder. Mm -hmm. And I love how Game of Thrones knows just the amount of gore to give you to make your stomach just turn. And the part I'm talking about is when the crab goes in the guy's foot <laughs> and then his foot starts twitching because he's not dead yet. It knows just enough to make me go, oh, yeah, that's just I just didn't need that. I didn't need that. Thank you. Thank you for it. But um, mm -hmm. and I mean, there's a lot of people out here and it looks like the crab feeder is just taking people down, taking people down. And Coralis was definitely worried about that. And it's, um, it's, it's an area called the Stepstones. So from that, we go right into the king's court. And I, I want to point this out right here. We don't learn it here, but I want to point it out here. Um, I'm sorry, that king's court, king's council. And I want to point out here, we have made a six-month time jump from the last episode. And we see, and, and, and I, there, there was a conscious decision to open this scene like this. Of you see wine pouring into a cup, and it's Rhaenyra that is still the cupbearer. Which just completely baffled me. Which he, he, baffled you, everything me from the you, other episode. You end the first episode with him saying, I've wasted my time not preparing you to take the throne. Uh, like, he, he, you see this king have all this guilt with his daughter, and you're like, okay, cool. He's, he's about to, like, make her a big deal. You see all these people bend the knee, uh, pledging their allegiance to her. And here, six months later, she's still just the pouring wine yeah what? and i mean it, it goes back again to what was said in the other ones of like they do not want the male characters the males in this universe do not want a female on the throne like they don't want it even her own father after all of this and you think viserys is having a turning point after all this has happened to him with his brother and everything you think there's a turning point and here she is Still just pouring wine in a cup. And after that, Coralus barges in. Well, they're in the middle of a conversation first before he barges in. We learned that the Lord Commander of the Kingsguard has just oh, passed. Yep. I'm sorry, I missed the yep, he had just passed. Sleep. So they're having this conversation. The king says, I hope he passed in his uh, peacefully. They said, Yes, your grace, he was found to have passed gently in his sleep. And that's when you see. Rhaenyra is still going around. They, talk, they mentioned the Silent Sisters or who are preparing his remains. And they're basically saying they need to find a replacement. Yeah. Um, and Coralus is not at the table. He's not there yet. He, and they're just talking. They need to find a replacement. And then he barges in and he's just like, 
four of my ships were lost. The last one was flying my banner. So he's like, there's four more ships that have, have gone to the crab feeder, which I think is what we were seeing in that opening scene. Um, the step zones is just going insane right now. Yeah. And he's just mad that they're sitting here just talking about normal everyday court business. They're not talking about like going after anybody. They're not talking about what's going to be done um, to stop the crab feeder. Um, they're not talking about like what's going to be done. And Corliss very states like what's going to be done about my ships and my men. Like Corliss wants to know. And my least favorite character of this entire series solidifies why he's my least favorite character of this entire series. Mr. Otto, the hand of the king. And I apologize. I misspoke for this because we did watch these episodes back to back. And I spoke on this in the first episode. It actually happened in this episode where he basically says the crown will compensate you for your ship and the crew and will make compensation to the families. So we're just going to pay them off. Like, uh, you know, we, we don't have time to deal with this. Like Corliss, you lost some people. We'll pay you for the ship. We'll pay you for whatever it may be, but and we'll pay the families off. Uh, we, we're not going to war. We're, we're not dealing with this. We don't, we don't talk about war. Yeah, and I find it interesting, and again, coming from someone that didn't read the books, I don't know the history, I don't know where this is going, so if you do know this, and, and I look, look like an idiot, I find it interesting that Corliss basically wants them to go after this crab feeder and take care of these pirates. He looks at them as just bottom feeders and pirates, pirates. And because because the um, no one's standing up to them, the crown's not standing up to them, they're doing whatever. And the king and the and the court basically are saying this isn't just some pirates. The free they cities. are supplied by the free cities. And Corliss yeah. says it's not the free cities. So I this is very this is very subtle that they mention this, but I find it interesting that that the, the council thinks that this is the free cities supplying them and helping them get this. And Corliss just wants to go basically war and and kill these people and get rid of them really quickly. And I, I, and then Otto makes a, a, a statement. Um, I, and he's basically, I warn you, Coralus, a seat at the king's table does not make you his equal. So I think there's this, there's a power struggle here, even inside of the king's court, of like where you sit and how much say you have at the court, um, and, and how much influence you have with the king. And then the king kind of goes on and he's just kind of, you know, like, I'm not ready to go to city. And he says he has acted. He sent uh, envoys to Pentos and uh, Voltus, Voltus or whatever it may be um, to see if they have a common ground. Like, like, oh, I sent some people over there. They're going to find common ground. Um, the step zones will be settled in time, you know, and then. Rhaenyra is just sitting here listening to all of this and you kind of see you're, you're watching this and you're seeing the wheels turning in her head and she says they're turning in her head and she turns to her father and she's like, we have dragon riders. You've got me. Fly a fucking dragon over there and burn them all to yeah. hell. And then this would be over with. And, and you can see it first. What I like is that they glance to the king, her father, and at first he has this look of like, yeah, that's my girl. Until Corliss uses it in his favor. 
Yeah. And his tone well, immediately Well, he, he kind of looks... Well, he looks over there, and she says, send what? And and he does say, he's like, he says to her, he's like, it's not that simple. Um, And, and I kind of get that. And it's like, it's a show of force and all the things that she's saying. And, but I, but I and like Coralist's like line it. of, at least... She has a plan. And I thought that was funny because the king's tone changed and yeah. so did hers. It was like all of a sudden she was like, oh, I crap, I should not have spoke up. Yeah. Like, but she I, was immediately realizing that although she could be right in all this, like she knew her father was going to be upset because now it, her words yeah, were being but, used against but here's, her dad. But here's the biggest issue is it's not even her father. Her father's just kind of sitting there and has this moment where he's like, it's not like, I almost felt like he, when he's saying, and I agree with you when, when Coralist said that kind of the mood changed, but with him saying to Rhaenyra, like, it's not that simple. I thought we were going to get a discussion on why it's not that simple. Like but him, like not. him, like showing her like, Hey, we got to think about this. We got to do that. Like, training her like okay she's the cupbearer but at least she's in there on the conversations so she can you know speak up obviously she wasn't supposed to talk because she didn't have a marble gotta have the marble to talk at yep. the table um and i did actually find out I, I looked it up that is what the marble's for okay like you have to have this marble to have a seat at the table that that's like the symbol of you have a seat at the king's court um so don't lose your marble <laughs> But then Otto, again, my most hated character in here, looks at the king with this, just like, this girl, she doesn't know shit. King, maybe there's better use for the princess's talents, my grace. Her talents would be good elsewhere. And like that she could choose, I believe they send her to choose the new the king's new captain. The yeah. new King's so there Guard should be seven King's Guard. They need a seven. Yeah. And she's been sent out there to see all these princes. Yeah. And, 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 Kings, but Kings here's Guard. Otto, the pompous asshole, you know, that obviously doesn't value anything that she's ever had to say. Oh, maybe, maybe we can use her talents somewhere else. And, um, the King's Guard there, uh, it's Sir Harold is like, I think that's a good idea. Obviously, he's the king's guard. He can't say anything there. But you can even look at Harold's face when he does that of like, really? You're like, even he's like, really? You're going to listen to Otto? Like your daughter's yeah, giving and now you. Now we're going to let this girl yeah, pick. Your daughter, your daughter is like making a point here. Otto's there. And now you're going to just let her do this. Like, why? What is it? What, what does it make sense? Um. So she's like escorted out and then we get to uh, the map room. I, I'm always going to call it the map room because that's just what I know it as. And they have, I have to point it out because they definitely like made a close up shot of this, like the step stool mm -hmm. that she steps up on. And like, I have to say the, the, the props and and the the designers and the artists, the amount of time and detail they put into making this step stool, and all of how broken it is, and like all the roughness around mm. it, I'm so glad that they're like showing stuff off like this. 
mm-hmm. um, because it just makes the sets that much bigger. So she's so short. She's a step to see over the balcony to see all of the um, knights that are standing underneath that she has to choose for the seventh king's guard. And I'm just looking at this like chess board that they have. They built like these. It's not really a chess board, but the 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 like board that they have in the middle that has all of the different families like crests on it. Yeah. Like, do they just have that lying around for when this <laughs> happens? Like, like who had to sit there and make all of this just just for this moment to happen in case mm-hmm. this guy dies in his sleep? Like, were they like, okay, this guy's getting pretty old. He's probably going to go. Let's start carving these things. <laughs> you know, like, what peasant had to make this I mean, overnight? I would imagine these things already existed, and they've got one for everyone. I'm hoping that they do, and they just have it for each family, and they've made it, and it's just sitting there, and they bring it out as ceremonial. Uh, but I just thought it was kind of funny that you just have this like ready to go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so anyway, she's out there. And uh, again, and I know I'm talking a lot here. Well, they introduce the first prince. They introduce the first prince, but, but I want to point something out again here. I want to point something out even more. Otto decides to go with her. Well, he kind of shows up as he's. Well, he's, he's still okay. So she's there, and they're announcing the first night, and then he slides in the background. And after he's like, "Oh, she can't talk over here." He's gonna come here and follow her and undermine her even more. As she like, this guy does not like this girl. Like, doesn't like this girl at all, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So he follows her, and they announce the first night. So I'll let you take it from there, announcing the first night. Well, they announce the first the first prince comes up and, and she's like, you know, they they give all his accomplishments. They're all tourney. We, we talked about this in the first episode. They're all tourney knights. And the the guy from the King's Guards just kind of like, you know, whatever. And then she's not really sure what to do when they like announce all these accomplishments. Almost like, what am I supposed to do now? I will say here, Otto says we, you know, to basically gives her the nod and says, just you should thank them for their service. So she says, you know, we thank you for your loyal service to the crown. Um, well, and the only thing that first guy did was he caught a poacher. Correct. Yeah. Like, that's it. It's just a poacher. So then they move on to the second one. And again, winner of all these things, blah, blah, blah. And she finally is just like, what, what is going on here? Do any of these people have actual combat experience? Yeah. To which finally Otto says, Sir Kristen Cole. So they call Sir Kristen well, Cole. Well, they, 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 I want to, I want to kind of point something out because they're, they're standing above and all of these princes, knights, whatever they may be, have a squire behind them mm-hmm. holding up a flag and a banner. Only one of them doesn't. And it's Sir Kristen Cole. He's the only yes. one, and he comes from, and you can tell by even his, like, board piece. It's not intricate. It's just like a stick, you know, that they have there, and it because mm-hmm. he's not from a wealthy family. He's not from a, a powerful family he, he at all. So I kind of want to point yeah. that out. But I like how she says, do any of these knights have combat experience? And she says, she looks right at the two of them and says, beyond poacher, be, beyond, you know, poachers. Poachers, yeah. <laughs> so she's very, like, annoyed by the whole thing. And, and, and they say, yes, Sir, Sir Kristen Cole. So they call him forward. Now, I think we do need to point out, uh, he is the one that fought Damon. He is the one the that Justin. fought Damon. So he, she already... He made Damon yield. 
She now, already mind, liked him from Damon that. Was, Damon does have all this loyalty of the City Watch, and that will come into play. And we, we talked about how the Kingsguard is different. They must have seven uh, representatives. And she's super smiley and excited. She clearly remembers him from the jousting. Yeah. Uh, event. Well, if you really think and of it, he's like, also from Dor. He's also he's Dornish. Dornish. Yeah, which is and supposed to be you know dreamy, the dream boats. Yeah, yeah. So it's the dream, and he definitely has that appearance of of the yeah. Dornish uh, prince from the Game of Thrones. So I, I like that's another yeah you know familiarity that we get. And after just hearing a little bit, she's super excited. Ask him. She says, "You saw you saw combat in the Stormlands." He talks a little bit about the Dornish incursions and and what he did. And then immediately she's like, well, Sir Kristen Cole's it. Like, that's it. That's the end of it. Yeah. So she does that. I want to jump back because we, we missed one piece here um, from the King's Council that I do want to talk about. So the, the, the King's Council scene, um, they are talking about Damon. And Damon did not go back to the Vale. Correct. So Damon has now actually, he actually went to Dragonstone. Now, here's the thing, and this is where you kind of have to know a little bit of lore on why that's such a big deal of him being at Dragonstone. Dragonstone is supposed to be where the air goes and, and kind of learns to rule while they're waiting to become of age. So that's actually Rhaenyra's. Rhaenyra should be at Dragonstone and, 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 and taking, or Dragonstone is hers, technically. Yeah, because that's where the air is supposed to be. So, um, I just wanted to point that out because we didn't mention that they did talk how Damon didn't listen and has been fortifying Dragonstone for six months now. Yeah, and that's how we learned it's been a six. That's how jump. we know it's been a six month jump. So then they kind of go on there. Um, well, I wanted to, uh, we definitely need to talk about what what happens when she chooses. Christine no, no, Cole. yeah, let's get back to that. I just wanted to. Make sure we didn't miss that part. That was part Correct, of that yeah. earlier council. So now she chooses Christian Cole. And this is where you're, I, I want you to jump in. Cause I know you have so much love for Otto. What does Otto do at this point? Immediately jumps in and yeah. we get back to this whole game side of thing that Ray Rhaenyra refuses to play. Yeah. Well, he, and he's like, he basically jumps in and tells her, don't be too hasty princess. Um, and, and against, uh, Reavers from the long islands and, basically he's just telling he her two families that are allies that are allies to the crown and the and, and everything that they have and that she's just jumping in hastily and doesn't know what she's doing yeah he he basically wants to you know he is all about playing the game and she isn't so he looks at it as you need to pick one of these two people strictly because they're allies to the crown and she is like no i'm gonna pick the person that knows combat and he because does say like Seaguard. He does say like Seaguard, for instance, is in the realm's prime defense. Like it's got a prime location. We need that place. And yeah, she just sticks to her guns of like, my father should be protected by somebody that's actually seen combat. And I don't. I like how she doesn't put that in the statement. She puts that in the form of a very rhetorical question. Shouldn't he be? Like, yes. shouldn't he be? She says, um, those men are tourney knights. My father should be defended by a man who's known real combat. Yeah. And then she kind of pauses just, and she said, should he not? And looks right at Otto. Of course, he has to humbly 
fall into his place because she is above him and yeah. says, of course, you're and her father and her father told her to go pick like it's not Otto's yes. choice. It's like she knows that she has this you. It's it's almost like it's it's that Damon, you know, when it's the that, king is like King says to uh, King says to Otto in the first episode, you told me to make him in charge of this. You didn't like it. So then you made me in charge of this and then you didn't like it. So then you told me to put Damon in charge of this and now you don't like it. It was his idea to yep. make the princess go out there and choose. So she's going to choose but, who she wants because he suggested. Yeah. And, so uh, but I also think connection. I also think that's a Damon connection. I also think the reason why I think he has true hatred towards Rhaenyra is because Rhaenyra is not Allison. Rhaenyra isn't the, I'm going to listen. I'm going to do the right thing. I'm going to say was she is, I have a mind of my own. And, and, you know, you, we keep making the comparison, but it's back to Arya. Like she's going to say what she's going to say and she's going to do what she wants yeah. to do. And if you're going to give me a task to do, I'm going to do it. Why? How I think is right. I'm and not just going to fall in line. He's pimping out his daughter to yeah. possibly play this, this game. And, and Rhaenyra is well, a threat to him. And we kind of get right to the, we kind of get right into that in the next scene. So we cut back to this model and he's obviously we're in the King's quarters and he um he's in front of all these models and this is where i i have even less respect for the king now well first i i don't know if this is what you're about to jump into but i do want to say i spent the whole first week thinking that this king had had modeled this entire structure. this is where i'm going okay go nope. ahead go ahead he has the stonemason's makeup for him but at least he gives credit I will say that he didn't try to play it off. He immediately no, was like, oh, no, 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 I didn't do this. It, it's like, okay, here I'm thinking like, okay, he's got some talent in something. Like, at least he can make these little like rock diorama. He's like, no, 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 no. I don't make them. I just tell the stonemasons what to make because I like the history and I just place them here when they're done. And I'm like, he's even a poser when it comes to building models. <laughs> Like he doesn't even build his own model. He just plays with them. Like he literally is just playing with dolls now in, in his little, here's my model of old Valyria and I'm going to just play with the dolls. I'm not even going to try to build don't, them. Don't judge. Don't judge guys like that. I love Lego sets, but I hate building them. So I make my stepdaughter build them. Okay. Well then you're one of them. Okay. <laughs> like uh, <laughs> build the damn Legos yourself. No, it's too much, man. I, I no, can't do it. No, no, no. I'm not going to have. I mean, some of them are ridiculous. But anyway. So um, I guess for the last six months, the king has not stopped having his little visits with Alicent. So Alicent which is still, still very innocent, which in still looks very innocent. Um, But here's where, you know, the king knows he's doing something wrong. Because he, he asks Alicent how his daughter's doing. And, you know, how is doing. And Alicent kind of responds to him of like, well, she lost her mother. Like, she's trying to do the best she can. Like, maybe you should talk to her. <laughs> like, kind of just pointing him. And, and he's like, no, 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 no. The last thing I want to do is talk to my daughter. Like, I would. Yeah, I, he's I'd terrified rather, of her. He's, he's terrified, terrified of her. her. And, um, he also asked Allison, like, do you tell her about our little talks? Because I don't think she would understand them. And it's like, that's where I'm like, okay, the King knows this is not right. But I feel like from this exchange, 
he's kind of falling for Alicent. Yeah, he's starting to get some feelings. He's starting to get feelings for her. Um, and I don't know in what way, like, is it the daughter? Is it, is it like the daughter I never had? Is it like a love interest? And we'll kind of just come out with it. This entire episode is all based around what underage girl is the oh, king going to marry? God. <laughs> like that is what this whole, like this episode is incredibly linear compared to the first episode the first one you're correct um so we were in the king's quarters and everything's going on there and then um it just you know you have that exchange uh he drops one of the pieces and it's a broken dragon like the dragon breaks and she picks it up and there's like this this weird exchange between them and you can tell there's tension and you can tell like alicent is saying all the right things but it, it that's not her lunch partner she wants to be with. Like she's not there. You can still feel like she's not there on her own accord these last six Correct. months. Yeah. She's still listening to her father. Um, so then we move on to a scene in uh the sept. So I did kind of do some research on this one. It is not the sept that blows up in Game of Thrones. Okay. Um, I definitely they, thought that it was. Yeah, so it's de- it's not the sept that blows up in Game of Thrones. Um uh, I, I listen to a cast of Kings podcast and, and they have one of their um, correspondents on there. I'm sorry. I can't think of her name, but she, she writes for um, insider magazine. I believe she's like their entertainment correspondent mm-hmm. and she like still framed it and put it up against the other ones in an article and shows that these are not the same steps. Um, the one that this one is the, the one that, Uh, gets blown up by Cersei with the wildfire hasn't been built yet, but it is definitely a sept of, of the, the, I guess the seven gods and has all the stars and the points. We have this very, you know, like innocent, sweet exchange between, uh, Renea and, and Alicent about their mother, her mother and her father. And she's kind of just talking about it. And, they're kind of talking about her father remarrying a little bit in there at the same time. And Allison's kind of like, no, he, he picked you. He picked you. And, and Renea, Renea is a lot smarter than you think she is. And she's like, he didn't pick me. He just wanted He's basically stuck with me. And he, he basically, my well, no, uncle. he, he, he wanted to shun Damon. Like, like the only reason he did this was because he wanted to hurt Damon more because I'm still a fucking cupbearer. Like, like nothing's changed. Like she knows what her place is and she's not, she's not dumb to the game. She gets the game that's being played here and that she's not going to just take this spot that they definitely are waiting for somebody else. Um, so they are in the sept and then they have like, they sit down and they're praying. And I want to say they're praying to the, I didn't, there's the statue. I believe it's the mother God um, that they have. Cause one of the seven is, is, is called the mother would make sense since they're talking about their mothers and they're praying and they're they're You know, Allison says to like, she says to Rainier, Rainier's like, what do I say? And she says, anything you want, it's just between you and the gods. Mm-hmm. And Rhaenyra starts crying and it's just a really nice moment of two friends 
trying to get through the loss of their mothers. Yeah, together. and she does, knowing that the king had already said he's afraid to talk, he doesn't know what to do, but he wants to talk to his daughter. Alicent here encourages yeah. uh, Rhaenyra to reach out to her father. So she's kind of playing both sides here. But in, in, in all fairness, to what, as good friends, would seem like the right thing to say to someone. Yeah, and, and, I, and I think everything was sincere here. I don't think there was any backwards... Um, There's you no know, intent, to, no play intent to play a game here. It's just them being good friends, and both of them have gone through tragic you know, losses of their mothers. So, through all of this, I think the character that I have liked the most out of all of them has been Corliss. Like Corliss. I don't like Corliss. I like Corliss. And I, I still no, like. Let me get this wrong. When I say I don't like Corliss, I don't like Corliss as the character in the House of the Dragons. I think the actor is phenomenal. I think the character is phenomenal. I don't like him because he's doing such a good job in his, in his character, if that makes sense. I have no, I know there's some internet trolls out there going on about this particular character, but I don't hate this character for that reason. No, no. I hate this character for what they are in the show. See, I like you him. don't like Otto. Yeah, I like him in the show because he's the only one that has shown any care towards the people that have been getting murdered and, and killed. And he wants to do something about it. Well, this is the, you're about to talk but about then why he gets I don't a like him. Then it gets a little, the little ding on me and it's like, fuck. If you don't like Otto, you can't tell me you like this guy. Still. Well, so he, there, there's, there's, I don't like what he does here, but I understand it. I understand what Otto's doing. But Otto's doing it backhanded, sly, without saying anything to the king. Corliss is at least enough of a man to stand in front of him. But let's call it what it is. And what we're talking about is basically Corliss offers his daughter to the king. Well, first they tell him, basically, everyone thinks your kingdom's a joke right now. You know, because he does ask to speak, frankly. Yeah, he and asks the king him, allows him to. He so he doesn't speak out of turn. But here's another point where where again, we're out here and here's a chance. For and, and I'll keep droning on this. Here's a chance for Viserys to have a good. Conversation about what we should do forward with one of the people in his council. But he's kind of just playing like, oh, you know, you're my favorite cousin. You know, all this is great and everything. And then Coralish just is like, I, I, I want to I want to speak frank to you. Um, all the stuff that's going on with your brother, all the stuff that's going on at the Stepstones. You just lost your wife. You just lost the air. Like people think you're a joke. They really do. It's time for you to show some kind of strength, something. And I love the line that he says here. And it, it basically, he says to him to endure a storm, you can either sail into it or around it, but you must never await its coming. So you must act. Whether we're going to go out of our way to go around this or we're going to head, head right through the middle. You have to act. And that is the key to this reign of this king is that he has seen so much prosperity that he does not know how to act when things are going wrong. 
He doesn't. He he has he no way. He wants to turn a blind eye. He wants and, to turn and... a blind eye. And Corliss is like, time to man up. And he basically says, do you have a specific course of action? And he kind of looks at his wife. And here's where I have to respect Corliss. He obviously talked to his wife about this. He didn't just make this decision on his own. He talked to the queen that never was. And basically wants to join their families. Where it gets skeevy is his daughter's only 11 years old or 12 years old. That's you where don't it gets see that little, right away. You don't see that right away. Now, what's interesting, if you didn't, if you're like me, you do this, this daughter is shown briefly in during the, the jousting, jousting tournament, tournament in the opening episode, but I didn't put two and two together. So I find it interesting. It is much later in this episode before you see yeah, this that, daughter. And I probably jumped, later, I jumped the gun on that one, but that's where this is like, join the families. Um, Liana is a much stronger match and you know, you should join, we need to join our families. And, and, and this is about playing that game, right? It's about yeah. the Targaryens being with the Valerian, like, right. Or, yeah. Well, yeah, basically so. he's, yeah, he's Valerian. So it's like, it's joining those two powerful families together. And she is a Targaryen. So yeah, well, she's the queen that never was, she, so. but, but she's Targaryen blood. So yeah, Venerian the- blood, Targaryen blood joining with a Targaryen. Okay, there's a little incest there, but we know that's okay in Game of Thrones. Um, and so, and the king kind of just be like, well, I didn't really think about remarrying and I'm not really sure. It's only been, you know, it's only been so many months and he just kind of brushes it off. And then we get to um, a scene that he has with his daughter, with his daughter at dinner. And unfortunately, this is where, like, my show notes get really bad because I was super tired as I'm walking through this. So um, I don't have as much detail as I had on, on the end of this episode. But he's talking to his daughter here. And basically, he's just like, well, she- we haven't talked much. Like, we, yeah. we haven't talked a lot. And she's kind of taking the advice from Alicent here and trying to talk to her father. And... She brings up what happened in the king's court. Well, first she she does talk about picking the the Kingsguard knight. Yeah, and he he seems very proud that she stuck with her guns, and so which opens the door for her to talk about more what yeah. you're about to talk. Yeah, about. so she then ends that now she can speak a little bit more frank, and he shuts. Yeah, her down so quickly. she's like, you know, today in the small council, and he immediately shuts her down. Um, pay it no mind. Um, I thought, and she's like, I could bring some insights, you know, I, I have, I have these things that I could talk about. And he's like, you're young, you're young. You'll learn like not even willing to have the conversation with her of like, and this is where he need, like, if he really cared about her being the heir, this is where he might even be like, Hey, you know, I understand you have some ideas. Here's what we're going to do. Hold them in. Don't speak at the small council. When everything's over, we'll stay behind and talk a little bit more about the ideas that you have of what you heard and things like that. Like he could have done something like that. Like he could have, he could have been supportive. No, he just shuts her down completely and be like, you're young. It doesn't matter. You're just young. You'll learn. 
but I'm not going to teach you. Like you'll learn what to keep your mouth shut to not say anything. I think that's really what he's trying to say here um, is not, not that you'll actually learn how to be um, queen. Um, then we have to get to our wonderful uh, scene of uh you know wounds and things and and I what is we, going on with this king every every episode is he gonna so we missed this we missed this and I'm actually really upset we missed this in the first episode and I had it in my show notes so when the king is banishing Damon something very important happens on the throne he gets a cut from it on his hand and we when we had mentioned in the last episode of how George R. R. Martin was upset with the way the throne looked because it looked too easy to sit on. One of the lore around the throne is that if it cuts you and you end up getting a lot of cuts, so I'm wondering if his back wound came from it as well, and, and the throne is cutting you, that you're not worthy to be sitting on the throne. That's big lore around that. And he does get a cut in the first episode on his hand. Right about where it is on his hand here on his finger that they're doing this. So not only did he get a cut on the throne, it has now become necrotic. And they have to do a maggot treatment on it in order for him to um, get this necrotic flesh off his fingers. So the interesting part about this is, is George R. R. Martin is really interested in uh, like medieval medicine and like medicine that they still use today. They still use maggots today to remove necrotic flesh from wounds because they are amazing yeah. at, at eating flesh, but leaving all the living flesh. So this is actually like, when you look at it, you're like, Oh my God, this is medieval. It's like, no, they still use that now. Like they still would do that to remove narcotic flesh. But of course, Otto's there and Otto knows everything that's going on. And the king basically tells him about and the maesters his there and the maesters. Yeah. But the ma yeah, because he's getting worked on the maesters always yeah. there. Um, Tells him about his little meeting with Coralus. Which is interesting because the king doesn't know. And I would assume Otto hasn't told her, and I know Allison hasn't told him, that he was the one that sent Allison to his quarters six months ago. Correct. And basically tells him that they proposed marriage. And here's well, I where... Do find, I find it funny that, that first Otto says, such matters should be discussed with the small council. And the king says, that's what I'm doing, discussing it. So what are your thoughts? Like it is true. The king isn't hiding that this conversation no. that he just said, this is what happened. I'm discussing with you now. Yes, we're all on the small council. So I'm letting the rest of you know, give me. And your it's opinion. also not like the maester's not there right now either. Like yeah, he's hearing so they, it too. The, yeah. And he's on the small council. So um, basically tells him he proposed marriage and his first, his first like reaction was like, Corliss is overreached, my lord. Like he he's overreached his bounds. Um and 
they're kind of talking about how well that marriage might be. And, um, I love how Otto kind of uses some reverse psychology here on the King of where he's like, I know when my own wife passed, I couldn't have imagined ever replacing her. Yeah. But I think it's okay for you to do it, King. Well, he's I think basically it's right. saying, I mean, I, I will give them credit. He's basically, because at first the King's first thought was, and again, I want to point this out. At first I looked at it a different way until you have constantly pointed out that the King is weak and he doesn't like having hard, hard conversations. His first reaction was, I don't know how my daughter Rhaenyra will feel about it. To which the, the Meister and Otto are basically saying, who cares? You are the king. You have. Who cares? But yeah. you are the king. You basically the the realm expects you to remarry, especially because you still do not have a son. Yeah, he says. Um, he's like, you're compelled for duty's sake. Like yes. I couldn't. But I like how he says, when my wife died, I could never imagine being in your situation. I don't envy you. Um, I couldn't imagine it. But you know what, King? You must do it. For your sake there, you have to do this. Um and and I just like it's just auto planting the seed that he needs to remarry and not telling him who to marry. But in my mind, I'm thinking he has his own agenda and his daughter, and you know that's what he wants. So yeah. he definitely wants Allison in this conversation because why would he? And and he was so smart. He started this shit six months ago. Otto is a schemer and a planner. He planned this the day that baby died. Otto was ready to go. So then we go back to where I jumped the gun a little bit and we finally um, see poor little, little Liana like so tiny and the way they shot this and the, and the actress that they chose, she is a baby. I mean, she might, you could have told me she was eight years old. She is a baby. She's supposed to be what? 12 here. Twelve, I think. Yeah. And you know, even the Kings kind of walking around like this just feels awkward. Like this whole thing is awkward. And little lady Liana here, she is just trying her hardest and, you know, she's trying to stay interested in like you, you were the, the black dread and you rode, you rode the last dragon. Um, right before he died. Now, can we right talk about it? Can we break down this conversation a little bit? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. So they t she says, you know, you like you said, you were the last you were flying in the black dread. You were the last one. Uh, Balerion's last rider. He says, yes. Only so for a short time I'm going to go back. That is Balerion is the skull that they're standing in front of the last Correct. episode. That's what I assumed. Yeah. yeah. But what I find interesting here, and I didn't catch it the first time I watched it. Um, he says, you know, died the last memory of Valeria of old. And I believe she says, but Vagar still lives somewhere and he says bit too large for the dragon pit and he also says some would say too large for our world so there is the other dragon is still out there somewhere and i yeah. feel as someone that has again for those listening don't make fun of us i haven't read the books i don't know what's to come but i feel like those are their small seeds that that is going to come back to play yeah he said somewhere on, on the coast of the narrow sea definitely coming into play at some point yeah well, we know from the very first episode in the beginning that there were 10 dragons. Yeah. 
So they had 10 dragons. We've seen two. We know this one's dead. And now we know another one still lives somewhere that's supposed to just dwarf these other two. Correct. And, and they do say that um, they, she asked where she nest. He said, I'm sorry. And she said, do you know where Vagar goes home? And, and he says the dragon keepers believe she made home somewhere on the coast of the narrow sea. Yeah. And that the Spice Town workers at Spice Town report hearing her song at times. They say it is a sad thing. So I think that's where um, uh, it kind of leaves off. They talked about dragons probably getting lonely, and then it leads back into their this whole marriage thing. Yeah, and it's just it's just so sad here because she's trying to play the part. She obviously is trying to be interested in things. She, she is, and and she's so young, and this is where you see and really in my mind of how long Otto has been training Alicent because Alicent knows everything to say when to say now she's also older, but, but she can say it without the King catching on it, but the she king can say on it really quickly here. Yeah. So then they kind of move into the other conversation where she stops and she's like, she, you know, she literally stops him in their walk and tells him it would be a great honor for us to join houses and I will give you many children of Valyrian blood. And the king basically just looks at her and he's just like, did your father tell you to say this? Like, and, and, and she just gives it away. Like she just gives it away. Yeah, like, 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 yeah, my father told me to say this. And then the skeeviest thing of this whole thing, he's like, what did your mother say? <laughs> Which I thought was funny. And it's like, well, my, my mother said I wouldn't have to bed you until I'm 14. It's like, oh my God. This and is if a, someone with a daughter, did that just make you cringe? My daughter's six. That's okay. What I'm saying, like, but like imagine I, eight years from now. I would knock that motherfucker out. Like, <laughs> like I'm sorry. Like, uh, king or no king, like, you, you are not walking up to my daughter like that. As a, you know, what, how old is he supposed to be in his 40s? At this point, maybe late 30s. And like, and I'm trying, I'm trying here to 40s. be like, this guy looks like he's 70. <laughs> well, I mean, come on, man. They don't live that long. This guy's got like every legion that you could possibly have. You make it to, you make it to like 45 here. You're, you're ancient. Um, and everything in my body is just like, cringing at this point of this conversation that he's having with this girl and you know but the other side to me is like liana you're blowing it you're blowing it he's catching on to the ruse here um but it's just and i try to put myself in a situation of like okay this is just how this was they got to join the houses they do this this is how the times were but it does not make it any easier to see like it, it just especially having a daughter myself i'm like I, I, I no this shit's just not happening as this is all going on we kind of scale back and i want to say this set was gorgeous like they're walking through this beautiful um garden and it just looks amazing again i love the amount of color that we're getting in the world and these beautiful sets to really show how grand this place was uh before winter's coming you know winter came mm -hmm. for however many years but 
we didn't get that in Game of Thrones because they didn't have enough money to go around and find all these amazing sets. They had to do everything where they were at and they had to build a lot of stuff. So you got a lot of you didn't get a lot of scene setting shots and here you're getting that. Yeah. Um, but we kind of pull back and you see Rhaenyra is watching her dad walk through the garden with Lady Liana. And it's just kind of one of those things where you're just like, Ugh. yeah, you may not want to talk to her, but she ain't stupid. She knows what's going on. And then you have a very, a very Cersei to um, Sansa conversation here. I yeah. felt like this this made me really feel like when Cersei had that conversation with Sansa because the queen that never was is sitting there and she sees her looking at essentially the king with her daughter that she is trying to have her father wed. And um, she has some words for Rhaenyra. Um, and, and she starts off with like, this bothers you, doesn't it? Doesn't this bother you? And she has this smirk on her face. Like, like I know it does. And I'm going to try to twist the dagger here. And Renea responds, you know, the way she's supposed to be like, he's the King. It's his duty to take a new wife. He's trying to strengthen the line. But I do like that she questions the queen that never was immediately. She says, does it bother you? It's your daughter. And and I yeah. do like that she's a, she's like, of course it does. Of course it bothers her. Yeah. And that's when she goes in and does a little bit more explaining. Yeah. So and then she kind of goes through all of it. And uh, I, but I understand the orders of things. Um, I'm not sure you do. Like, that's the queen's the queen that never was his response to um, Rihanna. It's like, I don't think you understand this game. It bothers me. But I get the order of things and you don't. You are just a girl. You don't get this game. Um, but it's in a very it's in a very hypocritical and angered reaction yes. because she lived that dream that Rhaenyra is currently in. And she's so consumed with spite that like. Well, they didn't let me get it. So they're she's basically telling Rainier, like, you might as well just give up. Well, he, I mean, she says it. it. She says it like you're, you, he's going to marry somebody. They're going to have a male heir and it's not going to be you. Like, it's not going to be you. And because that's the order of things. And I kind of want to heart like she keeps going like that's just how the order is. And then mm. Danny comes out like it, it is a Danny moment where Renea is like, when I'm queen, I'm going to create a new order. And but, she just but, comes out and says, but that. she has a response again. She cuts right back at well, her. Well, I, she cuts back at her, but I do like, she kind of says, you know, I, I hope you do, but the realm is controlled by men. And they already had the opportunity to appoint a queen to the great council and they denied it. And, and then she says, she yeah, go ahead. She cuts into her and says, "That's you're the queen that never was." So basically, now, now, well, Rainier she says they denied her, you, Princess yeah. Rain. And then she says, "The queen that never was." The queen that and never was. She she's playing on her spite, and she immediately jumps in with her Danny high horse, and she says, "But they bent the knee to me and called me heir to the throne." 
to which again I was impressed because yeah. this woman had a cutback again. And she says, and we talked about this earlier. Um she says right here, let me let me let me look it up here. She says, She says, but you're still the cupbearer. You're still the cupbearer. Yeah. Are are you, you know, all these men that bent the knee to you? She said, but they bent the knee to me. She said, Do you remind your father's men of that as you carry their cups? And then yeah. it kind of they just have this stare moment and they kind of walk away. And basically she the queen that never was says, This is the hard truth. Yeah. And and I almost you know, as as we're going through that and they have this scene, and I think it's just a wonderful scene between these two actors. It was phenomenal. And that's why I feel like it it, it was very Sansa Cersei moment of like you just don't understand what it's gonna be and Sansa was like no I know how to play this game and who's gonna outlast who and who's gonna survive longer um, as a female in this world because the men are not gonna let you sit on this throne they will do anything in their power to make sure that's not there and they're already they're already trying to find ways to take you out and remove you from this power. And it's, you know, she definitely wants to align her family and, and have her daughter in that seat that she was, you know, to, to raise the, her family's place. But I also feel like she didn't need to go talk to her and she didn't need to be there. And it's also like a learning, I think a learning moment that she wanted her to understand what yeah. her place was. And I do 100% believe she would be very happy if she became queen and changed the order of how things work. Um, so I think she would be happy, happy with that, but eh, until then I'm going to play the game because I know how this game needs to be played. So then we, um, we go back to the King's quarters and he is talking to somebody in his, in his quarters. And he's saying, uh, it seems the realm wants for a new queen. And of course, who is he talking to? Poor Alicent. Poor Alicent is sitting here as the king um, is telling her that, yeah, the, everyone wants me to have a new queen. Um, and she says, again, this girl knows what to say. Right after that, she's like, a good and kind queen will give comfort to your subjects. And what has she been to the king for the last six months? If not, she makes it seem like she's talking about Lena. too. She's making it seem like she's talking about Lena. And I, I also kind of want to point out that she just, do you have a, like, did the council have a particular lady in mind? And then he, he tells her that Lena is part of Lena. it. Lady Liana, and it's she's like, it's a strong match. Again, she's just reiterating her father has said everything to her and using that psychology. Um, and she's good and kind and enjoy and, and she will enjoy your company, your grace, as have I. And then she has one final touch to it. Go ahead. What was that final touch? That dragon that he had dropped earlier in the episode. She yep. had had the stonemasons stonemasons remended but there's something that happens right before that she's sitting there picking 
her fingernails like she was during the tournament and making them bleed. So you know, in my mind, she knows she's playing a game that she's very uncomfortable with and Correct. doesn't want to be here. So that that just small little cut to her thing where she's just grinding into her thumbs and tearing back and literally maiming herself and hurting herself in the presence of this king because of what she knows he's alluding to is just so discomforting to her. And well, I also it, find that she's conflicted too, because I do think she enjoys her time in there. I don't think she enjoys it at all. I don't I, think I she do en- think she enjoys the time because she doesn't have these moments with her own father. I, 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 I have to disagree with you on that. I no, don't think that, I, I, I think don't think that's there. Con- conflicted. I think she's conflicted because she has what her father wants her to do, and she knows Renera will not stand for it. I think it has nothing to do with her liking the king. I think it's because she's she, her and Renera have a very interesting relationship that might even be a love relationship there, a sister love or or, or, or more than that. Who knows? But I think she's conflicted between doing what her father wants her to do. And hurting her friend dearly in that process. It has nothing to do with this king. She is not there because she likes anything. My personal opinion. She does not like these visits. We'll see. We'll see how it plays out. Yeah, we'll see. But yes, you're right. She has the dragon that he dropped and broke. Reforged. And gives it to him as a present. And he's just like, this is a very, very kind gesture. And he looks at it just so endearing. And this is why I don't think she enjoys it, because when he says that very kind, she doesn't look him in the eye. She looks away from him and has this look of just like my stomach is turning, but I have to sit here and play this part. She is not happy to be there. Um, but anyway, um, we move forward and then uh, Otto comes in and he basically says, uh, hey, we've called the small council session. You need to come. And he's basically tells him, I'd rather you be in there uh, for it. And then you have that moment where she kind of just looks at her father, Allison, and just looks very disheveled and distressed yeah. about everything that's happening. <coughs> so where do we go next here? They, well, Otto jumped in and says, you need to, yeah. So you need to leave to small council and hear everything directly. And we learn that there has been a robbery yep. of sorts. A thief has. So, oh yeah. 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 I, 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 <laughs> so, um, a thief, there's a thief. Someone's stealing shit in King's Landing, man. Right from under their nose. What did they steal, Ender? Well, I just love how they they said this. They stole a dragon egg. So someone has stolen a dragon egg, and the king is like, how is it possible that a dragon's egg was stolen out from beneath 50 dragon keepers? So there's 50 dragon keepers down there. And, and, and I love the response from the, like this old dragon keeper who looks terrified that he's going to get killed here. 
Yeah. And he basically just says, it was Prince Damon who was the culprit, your grace. Why, how do you know this? Well, he left a note. <laughs> well, he left a missive, which I was like, what the heck is he a missive? He left a missive, a note. Damon left a note. He's like, it was Damon. It was Damon. Damon was the thief because he left a note. Do, now, do oh. you have the note written down? I don't have the note written down. I, no. I do. So he, I love, I love the words here of this note. Let me go over this and I want to hear your reaction to it because <clears throat> he says, what do you mean? The prince left a missive? And he's like, yes, I believe it'll explain. And he's, he goes on to read, it is the pleasure of Damon Targaryen. Now this is the maester reading this. Yeah. The prince of Dragonstone and rightful heir to the Iron Throne. I love how he starts it out. It is the pleasure, pleasure. of Damon, the prince of Dragonstone and the rightful heir to the Iron Throne. Now keep in mind, they cut to uh, Princess Rhaenyra here, who looks just super pissed off. Yeah, she is not happy. They say to announce that he is to take a second wife in the tradition of old Valeria. Uh, she's to assume the title of Lady Mazaria of Dragonstone. And the king is just looking like, what is happening here? Her grace is with child and is to have a dragon's egg placed in the babe's cradle. And the king just looks super confused as is the custom of House Targaryen. Now cuts back yeah. to the princess again. Uh, the prince has invited you to his wedding, your grace. <laughs> the maester's like, everyone's like terrified to read. Like, oh yeah, they don't want to the read this. What's going on here. It is in two days. Gods be good. And, and so then and they have... all terrified. Yeah, everyone's and, terrified. And, and then guy says, I love Corliss is, who is this lady, Masira? And they're like, we believe it's Damon's whore. <laughs> which is what Otto says. Yeah. It, this it's is nothing Otto. less than sedition. I strongly agree, sire. My brother wishes to provoke me. Yeah. Um, so they just kind of go know, on about they, it and like how he's provoking it. him and the realm is watching. Corliss is really like, you need to do something here. Like you need to. Um, and then he's like, what? Send him to the wall, put a spike on his head. And it's like, Damon sees Dragonstone. Like this is a big deal. You need to do something about it. And again, um, he surrounded him by his gold, uh, gold cloaks, and he has stolen a dangerous weapon. Because these are no, real I eggs. I love it. Yeah, and I love it in the middle of this again for the second time in the small council. Someone speaks out of their place. Yeah, according to the men, and that is well. So it's interesting. She speaks out of place in High Valerian or High Correct. Valerian to the Dragon Keeper. Um who needs to speak to the dragon. So they also know it. And he asked, she asked a very specific question. Which egg did Damon take? And which egg did Damon take? And that's when even the king starts to look. He starts to be like, like, he no, starts to put the pieces together. No. The egg was Dreamfire's princess. And that was Balon's egg. Balon's egg. Balon's egg. So that's how like, you, he, I and that think was Damon, the one that the princess had chosen for Balon. The princess too. chose. Well, the princess chose because the princess thought it was going to be a girl, so she had that. But the princess chose this egg for that baby, and it's it's Dream Frey's, uh, um egg, and so there is some kind of interesting thing here, and I don't know if it's true, but I am going to bring it up. There were some people that I had seen. Um, and I, I said we weren't going to get in a lot of fan theory, but I kind of want to bring this one out because I thought it was kind of cool. 
that this dream phrase egg dream is fire. dream dream fires egg is one that Danny hatches. So if you look at it, it's the black egg. It does look like the black egg. So so, so a lot of people that. are saying, hey, this this could be the same egg that one that Danny hatches as the black egg. I don't know. I'm not gonna go down on there, but Rhaenyra is heartbroken. Like her face, and then the king for the first time first ever. First time I was pumped. The first time the king is like, assemble the horses, boys. We're going to a fight. And it was probably he's like, I'm going to Dragonstone and I'm going to get back my, my egg and drag his brother Please. back. The only thing that Otto has ever said that was smart here was not to send the king because we would have had a dead king. Man. Like, I, I think I might that's disagree why, with you here. Well, I think Damon was baiting his brother to come there for a reason. Um. I think Damon knew that his brother wouldn't come. Uh, yes and yeah, yeah. I, I think, think he knew Otto. And we'll get to what happens at the end, but I yeah. think with Otto taking his place and Otto keeping the king from going, and I he think also that's exactly knows, what think, Damon expected to happen and yeah, wanted to happen. I, I have to agree. I agree with that, but I want to not agree with it because it's better that way. But yeah, I think, you know, Damon knew that. He's a planner. He plays the game. Otto and 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 I think you're I think you are right there. I think Damon knew that Otto would go in his place, and that's what ends up happening here. But is, I think I, again, you say we would have a dead king. I think if it doesn't play out, and we'll get to how this whole situation plays out, I think Damon was prepared to kill Otto for sure. Yeah, whoever came, I think that was the message that comes back. Yeah. Um, because he, you know, he's got a dragon with him. We know he took his dragon. Um, so basically Otto tells him, Hey, I'm going to go and I'm going to do this. And then there's a moment where he's getting ready. And I, I, so I want to point this out because I know a lot of people were upset with game of Thrones on how people just teleported places. Like they're supposed to be super far away. And then all of a sudden they were just there, like in the next scene. Here they kind of have him getting ready, which looks like if you look out the window of him getting ready to go, the dead of night. Correct. So he's going to sail through the night to get to Dragonstone. So I do like that, that they're kind of setting the stage. He's got to get ready and he's got to get ready to go. And Allison's um, helping him get ready. <coughs> yep. Allison is the one who is there. And, and he says, um, I don't really know. I don't really remember this conversation too well. He says, will you see the king tonight? And she looks just, she, I will give you credit. It looks like she has zero interest because yeah. she says, if you wish it. Well, he also like, says you're like the prettiest, basically says the prettiest girl out there. Why do you still destroy yourself? So he's holding her hands and he sees her thumbs all destroyed. So like, that's why I feel like she, like she doesn't want to be there. She's hurting herself. And then he does say, you know, are you going to see the king tonight? Which is, again, the creepiest thing. And her response to him is, if you wish. Not, yes or no, I want to. Only if you wish me to go, am I going to go? Um, and then uh, Sir Christian walks in. They have assembled a bunch of the guards and they're uh, sailing out to Dragonstone. 
in order to have a, a talk with Damon uh, and get an egg back and bring him back with them. Man, this was a good scene when they're at Dragonstone. Mm. Man, this, this, the, the setting of it being dawn mm. and the fog and the way they bring you in to Dragonstone and you see it in all its grandness. And we've only seen Dragonstone destroyed. Um, cause this is Dragonstone is where Danny was taking up shop when she first came over. Correct, so she yeah. was sitting in Dragonstone and, uh, you see Otto and, and his, his guard walking across this very small bridge. Um, and then they cut back. You see all the scenes, beautiful light, wonderful place. And then here comes Damon, you know, walking down to meet him. And you're like, oh, okay, we're going to have this, this showdown on a bridge here, going back and forth between each other. Um, and he, and Damon's walking there, holding the egg, tossing it all around, jo- all, joyful. all joyful with his whore with him. And a and massive army behind him. A massive army behind him. I mean, like, the other side looks ridiculous compared like, to Damon's side. Not like there's no way. And and Otto is like, I'm here to relinquish you from your egg, banish your whore, take your army. Like it's like Otto. <laughs> have you ever known how to de-escalate a situation? Do you want to die, Otto? <laughs> Like this and is you not can see what the you, King's Guard looks just like you can. What the F yeah, is? Sir Harold looks beside him, so they sh- they cut to Sir Harold <laughs> at one point, and he's just head down. Like I don't like. Oh my God! Just it kill is him just, and let the rest of yeah, us go. Yeah, please <laughs> just let us go. Yeah, he's just like I can't believe you're going to now, do I this. I do find it funny that that Damon kind of de-escalates it with a little bit of humor because he looks across, he sees Sir Harold, and he sees uh, Christian Sir Christian Cole, Cole, and he, Cole says, yeah. he says. He says, Sir Crispin, Sir wasn't Crispin, it? was it? <laughs> Sir Crispin? Uh, and he says, Sir Crispin Cole, my prince. He says, yes, apologies. I couldn't recall. And he says, perhaps my prince recalls when I knocked him off his horse. Yeah, I mean. Uh, which Damon does have a chuckle. Yeah. And, 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 you know, I think it's there. It's just like, I think Damon has some respect for him. You know, there's a little respect there and banter back and forth. But, um. Yeah, the whole time we're going through this whole thing, I'm like, Otto, you're supposed to de-escalate the situation. Like, he he's Otto's basically gonna get the kingdom into a war. He he's on the verge of getting yep. everyone in a war and killing everybody. And he's like, You're taking the house in name, you're taking your brother's name in vain. This is terrible. And then he starts talking to the city watch and like, do you not like talk to your commander? What do you think? Are you not loyal? And it's like my favorite part of this whole exchange is Damon reaches his arm out and holds the egg and basically says, come get it, Otto. But I also like that. Come get it. It's right here. Come get it. Otto does call all these things like you're saying. And one of the things he says is it's for the heir, not for a bastard's, not for bastards fathered on a common whore. And they cut to the they cut to the the lady, the whore, Masara. and she looks they she looks very confused. On she what looks Otto is saying. confused as shit. 
confused as shit. She has like, no what idea what's going He's on. Saying that that I'm that I'm pregnant? pregnant. What is what is going on? She looks very confused. But then he then he's like, Otto again. Damon puts the the the, the egg out, and he's like, "Come get it." Mm. So rather than have a conversation again, what does Otto say? You'll never survive this. Like, you're not going to survive this. And then it cuts back to the King's guard guy. And he's like, what? We're not going to get out of here. Mm-hmm. Um, to choose violence here is to declare war against your king. And, uh, and Otto's like, wonderful. Well, not Otto, but the, the, um, Damon's like, wonderful Damon war. Wonderful. wonderful. And then they all pull out their swords and what did they forget that you know was behind Damon? A dragon. Like no one's remembering that there's a dragon with Damon. With Damon. And then you see the dragon crawl over top of everybody. And here he comes. And it's a badass. Like it's the red dragon. He's a fucking badass. And you're like, oh. I yeah. like I like Kristen Cole and, and Sir Harold's face when this dragon roars, yeah. you know, puts out its shout. They're just kind of like, oh shit. And we even forgot. Otto's kind of like, and Damon is just like standing full there on power. Yeah. And it's and... kind of like, well, and I'll be honest, I was like, well, that was the end of Otto. Good riddance to this guy. Yep. And, but and... he does say he does do finally does a smart thing, which I still thought was gonna end in his death. He he tells the King's guard to put their swords down. Yep. But I thought for sure this is where I thought, all right, Damon's going to walk up, chop off his head, hand it to Sir Kristen Cole and be like, take this to the king and let him come talk so to So then me. we have That's probably... That's how I thought it was going to play. I, I 100% agree. And then I think we have one of the coolest scenes we've had in this whole thing. And maybe uh, it's going to be hard to beat this one, but I'm sure they'll be able to at some point. This was their Top Gun moment. Oh, it was. You cut to just over the top in the fog and you see like jaw, like it's just like jaws. Mm. You see the fog moving and out of the fog comes Renera on her dragon. And she got on her dragon and flew to Dragonstone and she comes in and she flies across and it's just like, Otto is like, what the fuck is going on? But I'm glad you're here. Like, like he ain't, he well, ain't undermining. Flies by, you can immediately see that other dragon is like not happy. Yeah, it yeah. is. That other dragon is gonna have and to listen. Like Damon's, this one is, is the boss. Damon's face changes when she flies in. He is no longer the confident Damon that he was. He is now mm. very upset to see her there. And I love the the outfit she has on. It's like this black scaly outfit her dragon rider outfit is just amazing um and she gets off of it and she walks up there and she basically owns this situation owns it and she's taught and so and, and here's where i feel like he knows Otto knows he can't do anything because she walks up to him and starts talking in valerian high valerian yeah, well, him. she auto auto stops and says, "What are you doing here?" And she basically says, "Preventing bloodshed." Basically, yeah. like, yeah. you're an idiot. Yep. You don't know what you're doing, and I know my uncle, so I'm going to handle it. He tries to get Kristen Cole to go with her, to which the princess says, "No, uh, try not to startle my dragon. He's very protective." Basically, telling Kristen, 
uh, I like you. Uh, don't get anywhere near me because my dragon will kill you. Yeah, <laughs> he's not going to like you getting that close. And then they're having a conversation, and I love their conversation here. I love this conversation that they have that they're talking and to. That's when they switch to the dialect, like you yeah, said. they switch to the dialect. Um, and <laughs> basically, she walks up to Damon and she's like, "My father named me the Princess of Dragonstone." Like, Damon, what are you doing here? Get the fuck out! Like, of my get house. the fuck out of my house. Um, this is my castle. You're living in, Uncle. <laughs> I just love that. And, and he's like, not until you come of age. Like they're having banter here. And it's just like them in the, in the, in the throne room again. And she's like, you've angered the king. And it, it's Damon. I love, he's like, but I'm to be, he's like, it's all defensive, no, like, no. but I'm to be, wed. but his first thing when she's like, she's like, you angered the king. He's like, I don't see why, why would he be angry? I'm supposed to be wed. He should be happy. Oh, and I love it. It's a day of celebration. Yeah. I'm gonna be wed. And she's like, you already have a wife. And he's like, you know, he's like, not of my choosing. And and then she gets kind of serious of like, and that required you to steal my brother's egg. Like now she's like very upset. Like you you had to steal my brother's egg. Like really, you couldn't have taken a different one. Um and she's like, you know, he's basically says we all shared uh, an egg as as children in our cradle i just want the same thing for my child and that is immediately where Rene, uh renea like calls his fucking bluff and she's yes. like you have a child and he's like one day like i might have a child and then his whore walks walks away. off now my question is did she understand them i think she does yeah so That's she i guess she definitely understands. And, and, and I think it'll come into play later in their conversation. Why I think she understands. Yeah. So I think that's where you get, cause she definitely knew what he said and she cut there and then they switch back to uh, common tongue at that point. And she basically tells Damon, I am right here. I am the object of your ire. Kill me. End if it right now. You want to be the next in line, just kill me. And she calls him out. And this is where I, I, Damon doesn't hate her. Damon is, is her uncle and he, he feels for her, even though he knows that that's the line. I think Damon understands what his brother has to do and that there'll be someone else's heir and that she won't make it to the point to where Damon doesn't kill her. Damon gives her the egg back. And she just walks back to the group like, but I like Here how you go, he guys. gives it to her. Yeah, he tosses it to her. Like, cause all these other people are like, oh, the egg, very gentle, yeah. very gentle. But these Targaryens are just like, tossing no, they toss like that football. shit around. Like they're just used to it. And I, and I think, but he chucks it at her too. Yeah, he doesn't I, even like, but I think to your point, you saw, you see Damon kind of look up at Otto. And I have to agree with you there where Damon was expecting to kill Otto there. Yes. But since she showed up and stood in front of him, he can't do that here because I don't think he's one 
willing to put her in danger. And two, he knows that they both have dragons and it's instant death for all of them. Yes. Like both sides are just going to die here. There's no way out of this. He tosses her the dragon. She has that. She has a wonderful smirk on her face of uh, the dragon egg. She puts it back in the pot and she's just like, yeah, I got Bounce my dragon. Back on egg. Her dragon just rides home on her dragon. And then we cut to a scene where he's back in Masara with Masara. And I don't know the name of the room. I guess this is like the, the courtroom or the council room at Dragonstone. But it's this, it's the one we see a lot no, I'm of. Very I'm very curious. Is this the room that they have the table that her yes. and Tyrion are her constantly and having conversation are constantly and they're in. trying to plan? But of course, there's no big Correct. table of, of King's Landing there. Because- yeah, this is the room that, that you see Tyrion and Danny together in a lot talking about stuff at Dragonstone when she's there. But this is where, like, Marsala is pissed. Like, she is. You told them I was pregnant. You told them all these things. We are going to be married. She's like, I came to you to be protected. And she's not wrong. Remember what Robert did when he found out someone had a kid like he, they're going to send assassins out after her to kill her. Mm -hmm. Like if she's known to have an heir that could possibly there, then she says like, I'm sold as property of many times. I can't count. I can't recall. Like I'm here for protection, man. I am yeah, not here for King's any other brother. Room. He's not going to kill you. I'm just a, like, she knows yeah, I'm a place. whore. Uh, uh, there's nothing for him to do here, but to kill me. And I have to say this Marsala character. I hope I'm saying that right. But they dropped the ball. This is the first character. I think they dropped the ball heavily on. Not because of anything the actress has done. She has done a fantastic job. Her accent is so bad. And I don't understand why. Because it's not, there's, it, it makes no sense. Even though she's from the, the, the free cities and been traded and all of that stuff. Nowhere have we heard an accent that's this thick and, and hard to understand. And I don't think the character needed it. Like she already looks exotic enough. We understand that she's from the Isles. I just think it, I'm so trying to understand what she's saying that I'm losing her performance. And I had to watch it twice to really understand how good of a performance she's delivering. It's called subtitles. I know, but I just want to point out, I don't think they needed like if she just had a British accent like everybody else, I think it still would have been fine. They didn't need to put this very thick accent. So I, this is the first the first character where I'm like they dropped the ball here, like yeah. on 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 her accent, like her dialect coach. Now they have changed dialects in Game of Thrones of people, so I'm hoping they get that feedback and maybe in later episodes she doesn't have as strong of a dialect. Correct. Yeah. Um. So so we do see that. And then um, I kind of want to jump forward. There's, again, a scene with him and his daughter when she gets back with the egg. And basically, he walks up to her like, you're my only heir. You don't care about that. Like, she knows you don't care about that. Like, he's just an asshole. I have no desire around it of, of what he's saying. 
But then they do have a kind of a conversation around that he must, you know, take another wife. And he plays her mom against her. And he plays her mom against her. I didn't like that. It shows how weak he is. But Renea is like, you know what? I understand what you have to do. It's your kingly duty. And I think they're still playing. Like, after he saw her out there with Liana, in her mind, I think that's what she's thinking of. Like, this makes sense, Dad. This makes sense. So then we then we cut to to what, what should to I call small it? Council. The small council. And what should we call this? Uh, uh, the bachelor small council. Who's the king going to marry? Um, so we go through and the greatest power in the realm. They're basically just talking and the king lets them know he is going to marry drum roll, please. And everyone thinks in, in the entire room that he's about to announce. He's about to announce Liana. This we've all agreed. We've had these conversations. He even nods to his. He even looks to his daughter for approval. He looks to his before daughter. He announces the name. They nod to each other like she completely understands. And who does he choose, James? Who he does he choose? That he will. He, he says, "I am to marry." He looks at his daughter. She smiles. They both give a head nod. And then the next words out of his mouth. Well, Corliss also like sits up in his chair. He's like, he he can't wait. And he says, I intend to marry. And there's that pause. There's that pause. We we, we had a pause with him. We had a pause with him. Lady Allison Hightower. And immediately the princess goes from smiling at her father to the death stairs of all death stairs right at lady allison i mean but i like, i not think so much anger like a broken heart a broken heart like you how in you the world bitch did this happen and allison looks terrified at her like with rihanna just laying into her and then Coralist tells wish, him this is absurd. Well, before Coralist speaks, I, I wish, you know, and, and maybe we talked about in later episodes having some still frames up as we're talking about this. As, as it cuts to Allison looking at Rhaenyra, my favorite part about this, this, this still that I can pull up on is she looks terrified, again, with the fingers. Yeah, she's she, just... She's very clear. She stood up with the fingers, and right to her side, her father, Otto, has this smile smirk. This smart, like I, I just played the game. The two, the contrast in the two very much shows if you're a Game of Thrones fan, you, you understand it's all about seduction and being sly and being sneaky. And he just, like you said, he just won the game. Well, and then, and then it's just, and then, of course, then it cuts to Coralus. Well, and then it cuts Coralus and he's upset and he leaves. But then you have this, like, Rihanna is, uh, Rhaenyra is just, Rhaenyra. Rhaenyra is just so devastated that she's starting to she's crying she's like she's trying to hold it in and she leaves and the king just has this look on his face like what did i do like you said you were okay with this and i, I in my mind i'm like as the king yells out to her he says you yeah. know they're, they're looking at you and she's about to cry and he says rainira and then she walks off yeah but i think it's like 
did she have to preface like dad you can marry anybody except for my best friend like <laughs> i wish we had that conversation back that we had last night because uh yeah i didn't know you were gonna do this um so that's that's kind of like the bombshell that was dropped and you would think we end here but we get one more scene and again, and it's a bigger bombshell. In my it's a bigger, well, well, it's a bombshell, but you could see it coming. You could see it coming. And I want to call out the set designers and everything here because there's a like sculpture here that has all these barnacles on it that they have in the detail and the shot that they have in setting this up because they're really setting up. And, and we didn't mention this before, but Coralus is known as the sea snake. So mm. like his, 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 no, he's known for being a a a, a sailor, and he's known and for the high seas. You see a sea snake, a skeleton of a. You sea, see a skeleton of a sea table. snake on the table, and then you see this like barnacle, like it's been on the like almost like this was pulled out of a uh, a ruin from like old Rome, and it's been sitting at the bottom of the ocean. And you know, oh, not Rome, but oh, like Atlantis. Like I pulled this yeah. up from Atlantis and I found this. Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, Davy Jones. And then we see Coralis, and he's talking to somebody, and he's kind of talking about how, um, he grew up, and unlike you know, he grew up from nothing, and he 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 he, he broke his back to get there. He had nothing but the sea. He had to scratch it out, and you're just like. Okay, who the hell is he talking to? Who the hell is he talking to? And then they cut around and it's Damon. Damon's sitting there. And he basically says, we've been passed over too often. We're very much alike. So Coralus is now like, I cannot, I cannot get what I need from the king. So I'm going to go to the next best thing I can find. And that is currently Damon. And he's basically asking him for help at the Stepstones. He's asking him for help with the pirates. And we cut again, the crab feeder kind of like bookends this, this episode. We cut back to the crab feeder where we see all these people just being fed to crabs while they're talking and how the king has denied him. And I love Damon saying, he basically says, um, I, I can't remember the exact Because he talks words. bad about the king a little bit. He's well, like, he's well before, he gets, all this. before he gets to actually really talking bad about him, he basically, Damon says, that was never my brother's strongest trait. And then Coralus says, what? And Damon's response is being king. And like, that's kind of like the dagger there. And... He ba- we get this like shot of the crab feeder for the first time. Mm-hmm. And I want to say he has, it looks like the crab feeder has dragon scale. Do you remember yeah. when like Lord Jorah got it? Yep. Like it looks mm-hmm. like he has dragon scale. Um, and this guy does not look good. Um, Corliss is basically just not happy and he really wants help opening up these shipping lanes because he's very very worried about these shipping lanes being closed and crippling um there but then Coralis 
starts talking about the king. And that did not make Damon happy. Yeah, he basically that did says, not make you him will happy. not speak of the king in that as, you know, basically like I can speak whatever I want of the king. You will not. Yeah, because he's my brother, but you will not speak illy. Ill Which again of my goes brother. back to the, the family love. And, but I think that goes back to there's there's this inner circle in Targaryens. Like and, and I and it kind of goes back to like brother, you know, brothers just like I can I can talk bad about my brother, you could talk bad about my, like my sister, but if someone else talks bad about my sister, oh we're throwing some blows. Like like I don't like you anymore. So mm-hmm. mind your tongue when you're around me if you want to talk bad about my brother. Because he basically says you will not. Um, so it seems like doubles down on his opinions. Yeah, he does. He doesn't back down. And that's kind of says we are the second sons and we have to, you know, earn our. Yeah, but that's kind of where we end it. So Corliss, so the king drops the bombshell of marrying (laughs) Alicent Hightower and Corliss is going to Damon to get the help that he needs because he knows Damon. And, and you know, honestly, I think he's taken Rhaenyra's advice on, I need a dragon rider. Like he has a dragon. He can just take care of this real fast. Mm-hmm. But he's also aligning himself with, I think, who he thinks is going to be the strongest in what feels like to me an inevitable fight and a struggle for power here that we're going to see. Yeah, I agree. All right, James, another long episode here. We'll start working on cutting these down and getting through it, but there's just so much to talk about. And I really love talking about these episodes. Um, Thank you for everybody that stayed with us through all of this. This has been the last choice network house of the dragon podcast. They are on season two, no season two, season one, episode two, episode two. And uh, I hope you stay around for more of this because I am really loving the series. If you want more, we're also going to be tackling, uh, which came out tonight since we're recording this a little bit later. We're going to be trying to tackle also, uh, if we have time, the Rings of Power uh, that just came out on 9-2. So hopefully we will have uh, some podcasts around that i don't know how we're going to get all of it in but i think we'll make time because these are some great shows i'm loving where hbo is going with this and um just so you know we're going to be trying to get these episodes out closer to when they air than having to wait a little bit but we got we were we didn't know we were going to do this we just you know kind of on a whim was like hey we're both watching this show let's go ahead and talk about it um thank you for staying with us Everybody have a great night, evening, day, whenever you're listening to this. Enjoy everything. Leave some comments uh, down below wherever you're watching this, if it's YouTube or... Give us some of your theories, unless yeah. you already have read the books and you have some spoilers. Try to stay away yeah, from let's those. Yeah, but... let's not drop the spoilers in there, because I'm trying to... And, and word of advice to everyone out there, don't, don't Google any of the names in this to figure out who they are because you immediately get a page that tells you exactly who the character is and if they die, when they die, all the information about them. It's just giant spoilers out there around the book. So don't Google the names. Just 
Uh, like go into like IMDb and look it up or find something that's not a spoiler because I almost made that mistake. Look up by the episode. You can, yeah. you can go on IMDb, look at the actual episode and look at the cast through the episode. That is your best way to kind of see. But yeah, then, again, don't don't click on each individual character and learn no, too much because you will spoil the show. You will yourself. spoil it. And, and I almost made that mistake, but I caught myself. I deleted real quick. I didn't read far enough. So it's been great. Thank you, everybody. We are out. Have a good night, guys.